Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, Jim, there's there's such a thing that people talk about as a clutch gene. Uh, I think Royce Lewis has his and a whole lot of other people's as well. He's just relaxed in big situations. Another grand slam last night. He's hoarding the clutch gene. Why doesn't he share <laughs> with the rest of us? That's right. <laughs> I mean, there, you know, there are a lot of deep dives analytically that say that sometimes some guys just, you know, it, it's almost coincidence. Mm. I, I really do think there's something to it, though. Royce Lewis, not only has he produced three grand slams in the last eight days as his team is fighting for a playoff spot, not only has he had four grand slams in his first 56 games of the season, with ridiculous numbers. Yeah. Uh, he also looks like a better hitter when pressure's on him. You know, sometimes you see him, and I, I grew up watching Eddie Murray, yep. and Eddie Murray was notorious for being a great clutch hitter who, like, in the late innings of a blowout one way or the other, looked like he would just give away at bats. He just didn't really care. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, second and third, we need to produce a run. He, always, he, he didn't always get it home. Nobody always did it, but he got it done a disproportionate amount of time. Yeah. Royce Lewis looks like he has completely different bats when pressure's on. He seems to lock in more. He seems more excited. He uh, seems to plot better. I mean, it's, it's amazing how often. It, it, you know what? With the bases loaded, the hitter should have an advantage. Yeah. And so many hitters squander that advantage. They swing at the wrong pitch. They're over-eager. They're, they have fear, you know, what happens when I make it out here? That'll look terrible. Royce Lewis seems like I, got, I know exactly what this guy's going to throw me, I'm going to wait for the pitch I can drive, and I'm going to hit it 450 feet. Um, and so he, he really does, whether it's clutchy, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. I think what it is is he loves the moment. Yeah. He loves it. He loves being the man. He loves being up there with the game on the line, and he elevates his play when he does. Yeah, so much fun to watch. And, uh, you know, when he comes up, you know, I always talk about it's, it's fun to have a compelling figure in the lineup. The Twins didn't really have that until Royce Lewis now. He's the guy that everybody wants to be in their seats at Target Field when he's coming to the plate. And Buxton has given us a month here or there of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gave us a month earlier this season where he was hitting, you know, massive home runs. Mm-hmm. And he, he just couldn't miss a bat even if he wasn't playing the outfield. Royce Lewis is now by far this team's best player. Hmm. He's the best slugger. He takes the best at bats. He has the highest OPS. Uh, he doesn't play a premium defensive position, but he plays a secondary, you know, the second tier of defensive, which is third base, is, is an important position, even though it's not as important as shortstop or center field. Yeah. He plays it well. He runs the bases well. He has speed. I mean, this guy is everything you want when he drafts somebody first in the draft. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, how about Buxton? What are you hearing? I, I, I heard he's been shut down again for a few days. He has. Uh, they shut him down. Who knows what that's... He, you know, second game, um, after he played the first game, they gave him a day off. He just his need to not respond. Hmm. And it's now it's looking more and more like just a chronic injury that just isn't getting it better. Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll take, do everything they can this offseason to get him to a point where he can really play for him next year. But, you know, he's signed to a long-term guaranteed deal. Maybe they will just have to teach him to be a better version of a DH because he still should be a, an impact DH, and he obviously wasn't. And I thought a lot of it was mental and just his inability to handle, you know, not being out, not moving around. He's an elite athlete. He was spending too much time not being on the field. But it doesn't look good right now. Yeah, and I don't know what they can do. Arthritic knees, I mean, you could only do so much. It's not like yep. repairing an ACL. I mean, it's a chronic inflammation deal that he has. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, he's taking great pride in 
maintaining and increasing his speed. He does, you know, basically elite track workouts in the offseason. And I think it might be time to say, listen, you're going to make your money hitting the ball over the field, over the fence. Mm-hmm. And we don't care about steals. You know, we don't, we're not going to, we can't, we don't know if you're going to go back to center field. If you do go to center field, great, but maybe it's not something you can really plan for anymore. Mm-hmm. They, at this point, they need to say, hey, if you're going to be a DH on a team with all kinds of, of good quality bats, uh, then you're going to need to really produce. And to produce, you know, you're going to have to stop doing anything that stresses your knee, and you're going to have to spend your time. You know, I mean, he's Byron Buxton has zero fat on him. He's yeah. built like, I mean, he's he's built like a statue. Yeah. And they might tell him, hey, stop worrying about speed and maintaining, you know, zero body fat, and look like Nelson Cruz. You know, add add a, add a little bulk and just try to hit 40 home runs a year. Yeah, because he could do it. I mean, yeah. the the bat speed is ridiculous uh, for Buxton. So hoping certainly the best for him. Uh, talk about your column a little bit this morning, uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are featured on HBO's Hard Knocks. And yes, they did portray him in quite a favorable light on that show. I've been watching it as well. Uh, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers left the NFC where he was in the conversation for best quarterback in the conference. Uh, he probably wasn't, but he was close. He's not in the conversation for best quarterback over in the AFC. They are loaded on that side. It is fascinating. I mean, if you want to look at this as math, then adding a Hall of Fame quarterback to a very, very good team with a very talented roster, uh, that just seems to make sense, right? Mm -hmm. One and one equals two. If you want to look at it as more like calculus, okay, Rodgers, massive ego, New York, um, getting his butt kissed by his, you know, and one thing I pointed out in my column, I thought Mike McCarthy had the, you know, you saw Holmgren really spur Favre. You saw McCarthy spur Rodgers. And who's on, who on this staff is ever going to tell Aaron Rodgers he made a mistake or can't do what he wants? He, it's his team. Yeah. They've handed him the keys. You're, they've handed the keys to a team, to an egomaniac. Uh, it could work. He's a really talented guy. He's a brilliant football player. Uh, he looks great. But... Man, that just sounds dangerous. I know a lot of people say, hey, it worked with Favre. They almost got to the Super Bowl. It was much, first of all, I think the Vikings were much more ready to win when Favre got here. It was a complete team. Uh, Number two, you had uh, kind of a, as much as it annoyed Favre, you had Childress telling Favre what to do. You had Bevel, who was a good friend of Favre, playing. They had the perfect good cop, bad cop duo to work with Favre. um, And Favre was great and he was completely healthy and you know could again everything could work out fine but in that division in that conference the bar is very high and i don't know if he can just bring in a quarterback like aaron Rodgers and have it all work out and have everybody happy at the end Favre would elevate guys. I mean, he made oh, Sidney yeah. Rice a lot of money, and and nobody yes. else nobody else can make Sidney Rice look like a Pro Bowler. But Brett Favre did. I don't know that Rodgers has that necessarily. Uh, it, it's really going to be interesting because you know Garrett Wilson is a very talented player. He had an excellent rookie season, mm-hmm. and he and Favre seem to have something going. I mean, he and uh, Rodgers seem to have something going. Mm-hmm. I can see Wilson, you know, really benefiting from this. Uh, and Rodgers does have what Favre had in that he is a football genius. And he can diagnose defenses and recognize things he's seen before and pick on defensive weaknesses. And I'm not going to take that away from him. He's, he's brilliant in that way. Mm-hmm. It, but what happens when you have a three-game losing streak and the tabloids are calling you names? 
You know, right. uh, you know what is? I mean, the Nathaniel Hackett might be there. Might be some brains in there, but he made a fool of himself in Denver, and now he looks like a goofball who's trying to be. You know, he looks like Aaron Rodgers' puppy uh, in in the Hard Knocks series. I mean, is he going to pull you out of? Is he going to be able to point Rodgers in the right direction? Uh, you know, Salah is a defensive guy who just is basically handing the offense over to Rodgers. Again, I can't tell you it's not going to work. It just looks a little. It looks like too many people are presuming greatness before we see anything. Yeah, you know, I, I honestly still don't know who the Vikings' starting corners are going to be, and it's this Sunday. Uh, enlighten us a little bit. Are they ready to go at the cornerback position this this weekend? Uh, ready to go depends on what you mean by ready to go. <laughs> uh, and you know, I'm, I'm going to pull up the depth, depth chart just so I don't mess this up. But I. You know, Byron Murphy is the key, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think a Caleb Evans is up there. Um, and who comes next? That is a really good question. You yeah. know, I, and you're going to need extras. The other interesting thing here is that, you know, Flores doesn't have to do things the way we think he might. Uh. And, you know, I think his whole approach is going to be get your best players on the field confuse the, the offensive coordinator, confuse the opposing quarterback, have people blitzing from odd angles at odd times. And so, you know, right now I think Murphy and Evans are the starting two cornerbacks when you only have two on the field. I would think that Andrew Booth Jr. is going to get the first shot to be the third corner. And I'm, I think in three-corner situations they'll move Murphy inside. Hmm. And then Blackman they kind of like. Um, you know, and Blackman beat out uh, Williams, who had a pretty good camp. Uh, not you know so and Najee Thompson is to me more of a special teamer. So right now I think your your four main corners are Murphy, Evans, Booth, and Blackman. I think they'll all play a certain amount. But you know the interesting thing is Cam Bynum uh, has cornerback skills. They like Josh Metellus. Uh, they haven't given up on Lewis Seen even if maybe they should have. They like Jay Ward, who's a safety with the cornerback skills. So. I think you're going to see a mishmash sometimes. Uh, I think you're going to look out there and go, I don't understand why this group of players is playing together, and it'll be because Flores has a very specific defense he wants to run on a, on a, against a certain look. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.